0: Primetime all day long. Let's talk to Guinness World Record holder and now nominated for the World Open Water Swimming Association Man of the Year. I love the World Open Water Swimming Association's acronym. It's WOWZER. He joins us now, Ryan Stramrod. Uh, WOWZER. Ryan, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, John. Much appreciated. It's a liquor acronym. I would have thought of that, eh?
1: Yeah. That's great. Isn't it? Uh, all
0: right, let's talk about why you've been nominated, and I believe you really, really like the water between Bloberg and Robin Island.
1: Uh, yes, uh, I do. I, I have made a name for myself in that <laughs> fairy water, it would seem, uh, John. I've been nominated um, as category of Man of the Year. So, a world open water. Uh, sorry, world open water. Swimming Association uh, is based in Boston, and it kind of recognizes all swims and and feats that that happen in in the open water swimming realm. Um, And because of what I've done through my swimming career in all kind of crazy places and pushed some boundaries here and there, um, I've been on their their map for a little bit. And then um, last year, 2020, obviously a very difficult year for most people. Um, I reached quite a big milestone here in South Africa regarding the Robben Island crossings, as you alluded to, um, which pinged on their radar. And they put me forward as the only South African to be nominated for mm. this, this award, which in my world is quite a, a nice accolade.
0: Has Lewis Pugh been nominated for this award? I, I would imagine
1: he has. Yeah. I'm not sure. I need to ask Lewis.
0: We'll have to find out.
1: We we certainly should.
0: Because if you beat Lewis Pugh at something, that's always a good thing. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to find out why you've been nominated and a couple of other records and what you're doing at the moment. It's amazing. Stay close. My guest, Ryan Stramrod. We're going to find out about why he's been nominated for the Wowzer Man of the Year.
1: S.F.M.
0: Prime Time all day long. World Open Water Swimming Association Man of the Year nominee Ryan Stramrod joins us. Ryan, why were you nominated?
1: Well, I think just because I managed to reach quite a serious milestone that, uh, that has got recognition worldwide in the swimming circles. Um, and done in the middle of the global pandemic, when it's <laughs> extremely hard to actually keep a level of fitness. And obviously, what I do requires um, quite a, a supreme level of, <laughs> of fitness to to um, to complete what I did. And just for your listeners, um, the the Robin Island crossing, where, which is from the island or from the mainland to the island, um, I completed that um, 114 times to date. But what uh, I beat the record. Held by my good friend, the late Theodore Yach, um, who had 108 crossings, and the week before South Africa went into lockdown, I matched his record of 108 successful crossings, and then we got locked down for, and I couldn't train for three months and came out still within the within the lockdown, but when it when we were legally allowed to get in the water, and I managed to take that record and that um, that impressed them.
0: Okay, so that was back in June, right?
1: That was back in June.
0: Yeah. Okay. Since then, you've done another 15.
1: No, not fifteen. That was uh, another five.
0: Oh, sorry, my maths is terrible. Sorry, you've done another five. So, yeah, <laughs> I was le- almost impressed with myself. <laughs> it's it's a late night. It's been a long day. Right? <laughs> uh, okay, so without training, you 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 still do Is it an easy swim then?
1: No, not not in any stretch of the imagination, John. It's actually a very, very difficult swim. And in fact, in the words of Mr. Pure, I swam with him recently. Mm. You know, and, and he's obviously a well-known swimmer as well. And we did a swim together, and we walked out on that beach. And he just looked at me and he said, Ryan there is no such thing as an easy Robin Island and you can always see that uh, shattered look in a swimmer's eyes when they've <laughs> had a tough time. It's a very difficult swim and a lot of people ask why on earth would you do it so often mm. over and over again? Which I'm sure you, you're going to ask me that mm, too, yes. John. Um, and the, the, the simple answer is it used to, when I started swimming, which was late in life at the age of around 30, mm. um, doing a Robin Island crossing was uh, the absolute Everest. It was completely out of my realm of belief in, in, in my own abilities. Um, it was a crazy thing. It was what superhuman people did. Uh, and yet through a long journey, I actually um, ended up setting it as a goal and I achieved it. So it was once my Everest. But since then, I've gone on to take on some of the world's toughest swims and also pioneer some swims and uh, you know, go more into the, the genre of extreme cold and pushing myself in, in those um, different areas, very inhospitable areas. And what has, you know, living in Cape Town, the body of water between Robben Island and and the mainland, uh, it's it's an extremely difficult swim, but it throws everything at you. So it's a fantastic training ground for me. Um, it's a, firstly it's a really decent distance the shortest route is about 7.3 kilometers so in anyone's swimming terms that's a decent <laughs> yes. uh, decent place to swim but the real challenge of Robin Island is mental and that is because the water is so cold. I don't use a wetsuit, I'm only in a speedo, I don't grease or anything like that, it's a cap, goggles and a speedo um, and the brutal impact of that cold water on the body and mind makes those 7.5 kilometers extremely hard plus then you've got all the things that sting you and things that scare you um, and uh, you know different currents, and the wind blows. It makes the water really choppy, so no two swims are alike. Um, and there's always a curveball waiting for you. And as soon as you relax, um, it's going to kick you in the pants. So that keeps me quite disciplined. Keeps my mind nice and tough, and my body fit.
0: Do you still go in the gym pool and go up and down and do laps?
1: Oh, absolutely yes. Oh, because God. you know the the Robin Island's not that accessible. We're very blessed to have a company called Big Bay Events, run by a guy called Derek Fraser, um, and his team. and And they've made it a lot easier to go across Robin Island. But you you know you can't just pitch on the island and and uh, and, and you know climb out on the rocks there. Uh, you've got to get permissions, and you also want to be recognised for the swim, and you need a support right. boat and a crew and medics and everything around you. So every time I do that, I've got to arrange all of that. Derek makes it very easy. But the bulk of my training gets done in a good old pool. I go to a squad with a gent called Gary Freeling, who's been my coach for many years, almost 20 years. Um, and otherwise, it's in the gym going backwards and forwards. I just did a 10 kilometres since middle of last week in the, in a the twenty-five meter pool, so you do the maths on on how many lengths that is,
0: bro. I couldn't get one hundred nine to one hundred fourteen, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's four hundred, John. <laughs> I'm going to try. Uh, okay, so you you counting there? One, two, oh, never mind. I, I would get. I you, you say you were thirty. You, you're you're admitted to being a couch potato. What made you decide to do swimming?
1: Well, um, I was. Taking a client away to on a weekend I ran an advertising business and I was moaning about getting fat and lazy on the couch and loving the remote way too much. And I was telling this over a bit ironically to a client of mine on at my holiday place on the the Breda River and uh he just said well, oh, will join my little swimming squad and I thought, Well, you know what? Um I've always loved swimming and I've enjoyed the water, so let me go and give it a give it a try. Um and that's He kind of gave me a push to get there, and I managed 20 lengths in my first session. And nearly vomited. I was so unfit. Mm. It was horrible. But um, something made me go back, and then you meet the right people, um, and eventually someone challenges you to to take on something which, you know, like a mile swim in the ocean, which seemed silly uh, back then to me. Um, But you do that, and you survive that, and you take the next step, and I've just followed the journey to quite an extreme place. Uh
0: my guest is Ryan Stramrod, and as you heard, uh, it's 114 Robin Island swims now. Uh, talk again about, because Lewis Pierce described that. I've asked him about the cold swims, and we're going to get to your cold swims in a moment. But right. what the body goes through and how you manage to survive that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's very much a mental discipline. So, I mean, the, the body feels excruciating pain, but, you know, as, as humans, we haven't evolved well to handle the cold, but we've evolved extremely well to avoid it. So <laughs> when you throw yourself into cold water, no matter how cold, but, you know, the colder, the, the more profound this particular mechanism works, it's an absolute defense mechanism as a human. That your brain computes that if you stay in this situation for any length of time, you are dead. Essentially, you are going to – only two outcomes, John. Either my body is going to warm the ocean up or it's going to cool me down. And that's the more likely scenario. So intuitively, somewhere in the back of your head, you know that. but uh, And that's a very um, important and powerful defense mechanism of the brain. But it is extremely overzealous. And that's what guys like Lewis and myself have managed to figure out. Um, it it tries to get you out immediately. It it denies you the the ability for rational thought, um, and it implements that pain, that panic, that fear, hyperventilation if it's very cold, um, and all you can think of is how to get out. Whereas in reality, if you just calmed yourself and you manage to override that, um, and that, that you get right by practice, there's a lot of margin on the other side of where your brain tells you the impossible line is to where it really is. So, and that's where the magic happens, and it's that good old uh, proverbial comfort zone, not even proverbial, mm-hmm. the real, very real thing called the comfort zone, um, that we are all designed to gravitate to, and we don't even know we're doing it. So I've used the lessons and you know, the very profound and very real and painful lessons from the cold water um, to understand those mechanisms, understand how my mind works in those hostile environments, and then... You know, hopefully, apply it to something like I don't know, a global pandemic,
0: mm.
1: <laughs> and then I share, share those uh, stories with uh, foreign white. So.
0: You, you do talks and workshops. Obviously, that's that's hurting COVID. a little bit. But the one thing that did hit me, and and especially now with with the covids, you say stop chasing the light at the end of the tunnel. You can't spend the pandemic waiting for it to end. You need to set goals and work towards achieving them despite our circumstances. And that's exactly what you're talking about with your swimming.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So I write a lot of um blog posts and that and, and I, I lie you know and I'm what what I also want to say is I'm as normal as the Next Oak. So I, I've you know I've fallen into all the pits. Um and when when this lockdown started obviously as a public speaker, running an advertising business first, which, which took a lot of strain, um, and being a public speaker with a full calendar of talks around the world hmm. getting chopped immediately. Not o not not gradually dwindling, chopped overnight. Hmm. One day here or next day gone. And sure. um, it's absolutely brutal. And I spent the first Good couple of months waiting for the light of the end of the tunnel, waiting to see those COVID numbers drop, waiting to see is the, are the airports going to open up again, are companies going to start hosting um, conferences? You're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, mm. and uh, you know it finally dawned on me that um, that's just the, you're getting it wrong. That's the wrong approach. You're in the tunnel, and uh, there are a million opportunities in the tunnel. You just don't necessarily have the tools at your immediate disposal to maximize or to find uh, and to embrace those opportunities, but they're there. And as soon as your your eyes adjust to the the dim light in the tunnel, you start to see them. And once you see them, you know what to do to, to, um, to make use. And then, you know, we're talking and talking in a bit of, of riddles, but I think you get the message. Yeah. So, you know, if We're all in a very dark, well, not all, many of us are in a dark place. Um, and we've, we've had to, uh, we've had to make it work, and I've I've now done the, the good old cliched word, the pivoting, mm-hmm. and I am presenting foreign wide on the Zoom platforms and Microsoft Team platforms, and it's working really well. Uh,
0: with the light in the tunnel, you, you proudly say you've completed 114 Robin Island swims. How many have you not completed?
1: Well, that's um, I, I pride myself very, very highly on the fact that I have a 100% okay um, success record, and that is a it's quite an accolade. Anyone who has done the swim or who tries to do it more than once will know that it's, that's an extremely hard thing to do. You, you know, Most people will pull out at, at some stage. Mm. That said, John, that's off my own measure. I need to just be very clear about Thank this. You. There are three occasions that I have been pulled out due to safety reasons. Okay. Um, so so the, the measure is I have never pulled out because I'm too tired or too cold or don't feel like carrying on.
0: Somebody thought it was a better idea for you to stop. Yeah, you always got a uh, you've got a
1: safety crew that that accompanies you in a boat, and if they deem something um, too dangerous, um, and things do get wild and wooly out there, um, then they they make the call, and you you don't have you don't the the authority. They override whatever Hmm. choice you've made
0: because your brain is in that place. Yeah, it, it is. To be honest,
1: I, I certainly didn't argue on, on all these. Uh, <laughs> it's,
0: it's funny. Most people think, I wonder if
1: he sees sharks. You know, well, To be honest, um, the thing that one of the, the three times I didn't make it, I got pulled out, um, it was because of seals, not sharks. Yeah. You know, we, I'd say probably on 80% of my swims, I'm accompanied by a seal or two, and they come and play with you, and they're absolutely lovely. But on this particular occasion, my mate Mark de Klerk and I were having a swim together and these two little youngsters started to get really excited with us and started nipping at my toes and snarling in my face and really getting causing a lot of trouble. Um, so the guys on the boat were getting really worried, and uh, they were looking like they were going to actually take a take a bite. Sure. Um, so they, out of safety, pulled me out. So It wasn't a shark, it was a seal.
0: What are they, sea doggers?
1: Yes, yeah, say again, please.
0: They, they're sea dogs they are exactly sea dogs, yeah.
1: And ninety-nine percent of them are lovely, and then you get some really cheeky ones.
0: All right, we're running out of time, but I just want to run through quickly. Right, you did the first official ice mile in Antarctica minus one. Don't understand how water can be colder than ice, but anyway, you Hopefully. swam. You were part of a part of a team that swam from the USA to Russia across the Bering Strait. You've done the English Channel. You've done the Strait of Gibraltar, and two times Guinness World Record holder and other things. What's been the best, not counting Robin Island, the best thing, the best experience where you at the end went, Man, I did it.
1: Um, I think that would have to be my English channel, um, to be honest. That's a really, really tough swim. And that's, you know, I did that fairly early in my swimming career when uh, um, I was probably still a little bit of a novice. I took on, it's one of those, the, the philosophy I started living by is, you know, a, a try to set goals you, you don't think you can achieve rather than goals you know you can achieve and the English Channel was one of them and it was absolutely brutal and you're all alone out there and I was in the pitch dark of night um, just freezing cold the weather went absolutely horrible Um, and so as a swimmer you can imagine swimming on nice mirror flat water is uh, swimming, trying to swim 40 kilometers and that is difficult when there's a howling wind and the waves are rolling you it becomes extremely difficult and I had those conditions for a good nine hours of of my swim Um, and I found myself clambering out onto a pitch-dark French beach 13 hours uh, after starting. Um, and I stood there in the dark, and uh, that was uh, definitely a bit of an epiphany moment for me that, well, you know, you never feel that you conquered the channel. That's a very, very humbling feeling. Mm. Um, and it is just rather that I'm, I'm so appreciative that uh, that she allowed me across.
0: Let me use some of your motivational speaking now. Somebody sitting at home thinking, not necessarily swimming, but they, they, they're struggling through the COVIDs. And uh, as you said, no light at the end of the tunnel. They've lost a the job. What what do you tell somebody like that today?
1: All I can say, to, so, I mean, in fact, there's, there's a lot I can say, but just in, in the time that <laughs> yeah. we've got, very, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very quickly, every single, and I'm going to relate it to swimming because that's what I do. Every yeah. single swim that I have been on during the swim in the cold water um, at some stage, I cannot believe that I'm in this situation. It feels the horizon, the, the shore seems an absolutely impossible distance away. Um, I hate myself for taking on the challenge because it's so uncomfortable and so brutal and so tiring. Um, and those emotions are you know, very much matched to what we feel in the middle of this COVID thing. But every single time I have walked out on the shore, within minutes, you only remember the good. You only remember the lessons you learned from that very difficult time. Uh, that's now behind you um, and I can promise everyone who's, who's battling through this and trust me I'm having my challenges mm. as well that we will look back the lessons that you've learned in this that you've been taught some of them brutal um, and I hope all of those who've been in that situation do recover because you know what if, if you don't get out of your comfort zone and we've all been forced out of it you don't learn new stuff and if you don't learn new stuff you cannot grow and all of us will have grown through this. In some way, and I hope we all use it uh, going forward.
0: Ryan, I hope you can get on the beach soon and start swimming again.
1: Lekker, I'm swimming every day. There's <laughs> lots of
0: loopholes. Okay. No, no, no. no. Ryan Stramroth. <laughs> it's legal, John. Ryan Stramroth, thank you very much for joining us and inspiring us. Ryan Stramrood, well-known extreme swimmer and inspirational speaker as well. Go vote for him, by the way. That uh, Wowza Man of the Year Award is an open vote. It's open for the public. And you can go find it at their website, www.openwaterswimming.com. It's right on the front page there, openwaterswimming.com, if you want to, slash contestants slash Ryan-Stramrood. But just go to the front page, www.openwaterswimming.com openwaterswimming.com openwaterswimming.com is the website to go to. Go Go vote for Ryan. It's a public vote. Let's get involved. Let's support him.